Today I'm talking to Paul Mattox and I will just let him say what his role is in the school. Yep. Hello, my name's Paul Mattox. I'm the assistant head at Stirmonston Newton High School, responsible for everything to do with the pastoral element of the school and safeguarding. Been at the school four years. Previously to that, I was assistant head in the same role um, in a school in South Somerset for around about eight years. And previous to that, had worked as school improvement leader for around eight years and, and head of year for around eight years. Um, so that's how I'm, where I'm at at the moment. Uh, yeah, so on the podcast, it's trying to get a voice across for children in care, but mm-hmm. also for professionals. Um, obviously, in the school, you'll have dealt with a lot of children in care. Mm-hmm. Um, the main point of this is the educational outcomes, what support they're not getting or you think is good or bad within the care system because the outcomes are worse for them. So in your opinion, what do you think's missing or what's a big factor in okay. this? So w- one of my roles within school is I line manage the SEN department and Miss Hoffman who's in the school who's our Senko is also the designated lead. So she leads on the students who are in care although quite often I sit in on the pet meetings for students who are in care. Um, because of their additional pastoral needs around the school. Um, so the answer in terms of, uh, of outcomes totally depends on the stability of the placement. So when we have students where um, a placement has been into effect from when the children are quite young and it's a stable placement which allows the children to either be with their siblings or have continued contact with the siblings and they have that kind of proper family experience, you tend to get far more settled children who academically achieve because they've got that level of support. When there is limited stability, quite often when children go into care slightly later in their lives or those care placements break down for one reason or another, Um, an example would be we've got a child whose care placement ended because carer retired and that child had good stability. Once they knew that care placement was was going to end, they kind of accelerated that process and since then have not managed to find a a stable carer um, where that person knows where they're going to be living, you know, week by week or, or half a term at a time and that causes significant issues so we end up having students who are dysregulated can't function in all their lessons we need to put in additional therapeutic support for them but and often we request through pet money that additional support but it's it's never quite enough and even with the alternative provision the therapeutic element that means they're missing out in lessons therefore it impacts on their results and Um, what within obviously within the school there's things you can put in place Mm. so I know there's you've got the hub and as much as you can put in how much involvement does the social worker have in this process because obviously it's their role to be continuously checking on how their education is going Uh, I'd probably say for the majority that's a rarity Um, the social worker will be involved in pet meetings sometimes um, but actually the majority of the support around looked after children will come from the virtual school and yep. the virtual school will support um, what has happened educationally wise and it tends to be that the social workers work on 
the relationships in terms of the placement and the stability of the placement whilst virtual school will focus on the education element and whether students are progressing as they should progress. In reality, it's, it's focused around their SEMH needs and whether any additional support is needed for their SEMH needs. Sometimes, for example, during the pandemic, we were using pet money to purchase things like laptops for students to work at home. So if they weren't coming into school, um, which the offer was there, but for some of our students with stable care placements, they didn't need to. But what we did need to do then is purchase equipment for them. So we used the pet money for that. I guess the issue is when you do get students who then go through periods of time where they're struggling is access to the, the pet meetings in terms of trying to get them booked in quick enough and then the agreement post pet meeting for the funding to be allocated to support that student. Okay, so the virtual schools, mm. so I've got the promoting the education of looked after children and previously looked after children and one of the main points is that the virtual school, they should be the educational advocate that parents are for others. Would you say that how they get involved, they are working as if they were a parent to those, ch those children? Um, not in the same sense, because okay. they don't have that regular input. Okay. You know, the virtual school will support a pet meetings and then you won't hear from them until the next pet meeting unless there's an issue. The other element of the virtual school, as with social workers, is, st is stability of the worker. So you'll yeah. often get, especially social workers, a high turnaround of social worker for those children. So a social worker gets begins to get to know the child or, or, and the, the carers and then the social worker changes. Yeah. And that's difficult for consistency for that child who will often feel there's rejection anyhow and then the rotation of personnel around them makes it more challenging. You know, school is actually one of the stability factors for them. Yeah, yeah v virtual school... Uh, in, on the whole are, are really good and proactive and listen carefully in those pet meetings and they do want the best outcomes for the child and they do look for ways in which they can break down any barriers and concerns when there are any but yeah. in terms of it being like a, a, a parent clearly that's that's not, not okay. something that they even have the capacity for. Okay, because also it says here about social workers, virtual school, basically anywhere SCND departments that everyone should be working together to make sure that that person is getting the best um, education. What I see a lot is that the main time that happens is in these meetings. Do you find like it's the gaps in between that is where schools struggle because it's mostly everything gets set in a meeting and then they don't get really involved again till yeah. the next meeting. On or the whole, like I said, unless there's significant issues issue. okay. when yeah. the school will have to request you know, earlier intervention or additional professional meetings yeah. or additional okay. PEP reviews because of the challenges that we're facing. And with the... We were talking about how in the instability they have in care mm. and with social workers and sort of everything in their life. Have you ever, or as a school, do you know, ever had to fill in a SDQ form for children in care or seen them for how their mental health is 
frequently or is it something you don't see very often um there's n- no it's not a uh it's not a set requirement we no. do we do sdqs with students within the hub yeah and sometimes use some different formats to assess their mental health and well-being yeah. i guess one of the challenges is the emotional support for those students isn't necessarily there you know that the concept of a social worker being able to provide that emotional support isn't right um and a lot of them a lot of those children will have complex trauma based background and they may get early cams intervention um when they're originally removed from home but that isn't an ongoing process of support throughout their care package which it probably needs to be because that, that generally that trauma remains it doesn't go away and as they hit that kind of teenage hormonal part of their lives that tends to be when they're triggered the most and that's quite often when placements will fall apart when those challenges uh, behavioral challenges increase but there isn't a good relationship with an emotional well-being you know support worker for those children to access um, so it's kind of like how do we support them as a school you know, but actually their needs are probably more complex or too complex for what we can provide as a school. And um, but because they don't have a necessarily a specific identifiable mental health, then CAMS often won't support. So CAMS, when they first go into care, the SDQ form is obviously supposed to be done, but from research it shows that it's not something that's done every time someone comes into care but also if they're not showing it there and then cams will not see them as well as if they're not in a stable home they will just turn them away do you think if every child going into care was given support from the get-go that helped them with their education instead of waiting till they're in high school and it having an impact then yeah i think so i don't even with the students with who've got stable placement I'm yet to come across a looked after child who hasn't got some sort of additional emotional challenge but the mass majority of them have limited access to emotional well-being specialist support and what tends to happen is that gets put in a crisis point but it's too late by then and should have been put in to prevent crisis in the first place and also it's it's time limited you know unless they remain at crisis the, the support that they put into place is time limited rather than because they are a looked after child actually keeping that in place throughout which is often why children who are looked after will have alternative provision which is therapeutic to try and help them with their emotional basis but because they've got maybe one or a half day or two days of alternative provision of course they're missing out educationally so it's that balance between stabilizing their emotions through therapeutic and allowing them to progress academically but it as soon as you take the child out of lessons automatically they're going to make less educational progress yeah and do you do you find like it's obviously at the schools you've got pastoral school nurse and counsellor do you think that sometimes it's left till they come say at high school they start having that but obviously the funding's coming through the school and also what they've been through is probably they need something more than a school counsellor often their needs are more complex the trauma is of such a level that it's beyond what 
you know, the, the expertise that you might have within a school. Depending on how lucky you are, whether you've got a school council or not, and depending on their level of experience and qualification. But for the mass majority of the pastoral support that goes around, we support their day-to-day emotional needs, but we can't, we don't give them the therapy and this, this kind of specific therapy strategies to have an impact on long-term behaviour. And what support do schools get? So say the student comes to high school, their behaviour is quite good and as you said hormones and everything thrown in it all starts to creep up and the behaviour becomes hard for the school to or they've tried everything what support from outside do you get from the virtual schools social workers to try and stop it getting to a point where they can't be in the school any anymore or are you just supposed to deal with it within school no you 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 need to deal with it primarily within school. Like I said, the alternatives for that are, you know, using PEP funding to buy in alternative therapeutic provision. What you don't get is strategic support for a school with outreach outreach specialists coming in, you know, educational psychologists to work with school staff to best support the children. Um, there's a complete lack of linking the educational psychologists with we've looked after a child so we've example we've got a really high complex looked after child at risk of permanent exclusion at the moment and school have been asked to provide or find all of the alternative provision for her as opposed to permanent exclusion school have been asked to do all the pricing submit all the paperwork virtual school haven't supported with that social workers haven't supported with that and the actual process is taking weeks where the we needed it done in days um, so we are putting in work experience within school outside of school to prevent permanent exclusion because we don't have any guarantees of any funding for any additional AP. All we could really have done with is you know educational psychologists being provided for us to come and observe and to give us strategies and training on best ways of dealing with that student. Which um, is the job of virtual schools? Yeah. Reading th- from it, what it, I've it read. It may well be, but the virtual school staff don't have the psychology yeah. background to provide you with that. Yeah. So, because what I think from what I've read, that obviously they're supposed to be finding the provisions for the... Student, for the students if yeah, they're they not so that is that then down to you yeah. that's something you've done yeah that's always the case that's the school will end up Doing. working out the alternative provision so based on, they'll based say on, what they think is the best outcome so say keeping her yeah. in the school but then it's down to you to do that yes so we for this particular child you know i have spent 10 12 hours phoning different ap's across somerset and dorset to try and work out a package where we can still get her english and maths and prevent her from being permanently excluded and give her some life skills going forward to try and support post 16 as well virtual schools and Involvement in that has been to make contact with one person who might be able to do some one-to-one therapeutic work, which is really vague in terms of might, and the rest of it has been left for us to do. So I know for them, the best for them, the best thing is for them to stay in the same school and not move around. Mm-hmm. But they're not doing, obviously, not doing enough their end, I guess, no. to to support the school. Because I guess what would happen if you hadn't done That's that right. as and, a school? And they're looking to avoid permanent exclusion for a looked-after mm. child, which we always support them with. But if I'm honest. Um, 
the fastest solution would have been to permanently exclude her. She'd have been put in an appropriate learning base on the sixth day from sixth day provision and she would have had access to a variety of therapeutic alternative provision alongside English mass teaching and then catering opportunities and things like that within a week whereas we are currently three to four weeks after saying we're at crisis point where we still haven't got a finalised plan and that's just due to delays. It's also down to total lack of support from the SEND county SEND teams who again should be involved if they if the lack child has got an additional SEN need which quite often they do. Because I think on paper it looks like the best thing that they stay in the same school but obviously the school themselves know what's best for that child but I guess for the virtual schools they they've got on paper that the best thing is to stay in the same school so it's that listening to each other and trying to who's right who's wrong I guess. And the child is has already gone through rejection so you're trying to avoid further rejection for that child. And I think there was, uh, there's been issues with out-of-county placements if they're going between, trying yeah. to have pinned down which yeah. county's doing And that's not the for work. the first time. So we, we used to have a, a looked-after child who was from Cornwall and, again, trying to get the different people together whenever you need it to have review meetings whether that be a PEP or for that child an EHCP and you're talking about gaining social workers from Cornwall and then you're talking about Cornwall SEN team but you're in a Dorset area again they don't have the knowledge of what's in locality so any options alternative provisions etc etc come down to the school to make all the arrangements. Yeah, so again, it's down to who's supposed to be doing yeah. what. And and the majority of the time, the meetings with social worker and child are uh, telephone or online because it's too far for them to come. Yeah, because I was going to say, I'm, uh, since I've been at the school, I don't think I've seen many social workers come and visit the no. students in their educational setting at all. No. Unless there's a meeting, obviously, maybe. Yeah. But even that, I think, has even all been that, online. It's a rarity. It would generally be online. And across cross-border is an issue so you've got a Dorset a child who's in Dorset education but might be a Somerset looked after child um, and therefore you can't use some of the additional educational um, support that you might do within locality i.e. you couldn't put that Somerset child into a Dorset learning centre so it, depending yeah, on yeah. The, the learning centres don't all work the same so depending on locality depends on the the way that they are funded and whether you can buy dual registered packages or whether you have to permanent exclude for them to get in the problem of buying a dual registered package is the permanent exclusion would always take priority so they could start there on a dual register some, and so that you avoid the permanent exclusion another child gets permanent excluded and the looked after child would then be sent back to the school well, and that's the same for any child so when you buy a dual register placement in a learning centre rather than permanent excluding them the permanent excluded child will get will get access so the other child if there's no more places will get kicked back out again it just seems to like how I look at it from what everyone's saying that there's so much time and money spent on where these children will go because their behaviour's not good, they're not coping and different people having to decide buying dual registers, putting them here, there, when actually if the child was 
the money was spent on helping the child coping with what has happened and past trauma and it was easier to get access from the start, a lot of this would be avoided. Primarily, the issue comes down to um, the Conservative government coming into power 15, 18 years ago, um, where they changed the funding to make it's all schools so that they're inclusive. So students with SEMH needs were taken away from SEMH specific schools and put back into mainstream. Then you've now got situations where it's completely different county by county. Some areas will have specialist SEMH provision that you can access, which will do outreach work or house students inside, inside a, a, a school provision. You've got some areas which will have specialist SEM provision hubs within a school so that they are in a mainstream school but actually they are for the majority of the time separated but may come out for things like PE and you've got areas like like North Dorset which effectively has no real provision. Um, They spent £10 million in creating a new school called Coombe Dean House which specifically for students with SMH needs and ASD needs but it was very very poorly set up and what was supposed to be 250 children has been pulled back down to 30 or so because of the management of it. So you've got you've got a significant and desperate lack of alternative education outside of mainstream that you can access. And it's simply just, just due to chronic lack of funding within the education system. Yeah. And that, that impacts on the most needy the most. So last question, what what would the main thing you would change to make this situation the educational outcomes better? Um the emotional support all the way through from when they start a placement to when they effectively leave that placement because they're in a, you know their employment they 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 manage themselves as adults needs to be in place. I would say there needs to be a greater educational focus on the progress of that child and how you can give them extra support educationally. And there also needs to be significant investments into more specialist trained educational staff who can support the needs of the most complex children, not just children who are looked after, but those children with the highest complex needs, which often looked after children will fall into, not always, but often. And then finally, you know, which is the goal, if you had a magic wand, it would be having enough foster care placements out there, which there isn't, and I take my hats off to them. The people I spoke to the other day who have got one of our children, they're 80, um, they've had over, they've been doing it for 30, 40 years, and they've had over 150 children, and you just think, oh wow, you know, you're, that's unbelievably amazing. But the promotion of people to foster children isn't out there um, and the support given to people who do decide to foster is actually really quite poor and the training and expertise that's put into them is very limited. Which again I guess is that instability because if they can't don't know how to deal with a certain yeah, behaviour right. and don't get support then it's another reason for them to move on to another They are home. who they are and they don't get specific training in how they as foster parents can be therapeutic they yeah. just work on what they know as parents or what they've experienced as children themselves via their parents. Yeah. You know, they don't get that specialist support. Again, you wouldn't get a foster family having EPs working with them, yeah. showing them how to best work with that child they've got. Hmm. They're just left. They're just, yeah, it's just basic. They're just left yeah. with a communication with a social worker who, again isn't necessarily trained in the the psychology element. Well, thank you very much for talking to me.